podcast with Lori Horseman and Charlie McMahon. I'm Charlie. She's Lori. Lori, what are you experiencing? What's been what's your week been like this week? Mm-hmm. What's the most interesting thing that's happened with brain health this week? Brain health this week. Um, brain health this week. We have been taking a deeper dive into understanding why we do what we do and why some of the ways that mm. we act to certain situations. Mm. Mm-hmm. Big discovery on that. Like, what's the top of mind for you? The the big the big why. The big why is you can't create a new memory without your old memories, and your old memories kind of set the stage for how you are living in the current moment. Hmm. And I thought that was interesting because you can't like with the people that I work with dementia. When we tell them to be mindful and be in the moment, they really have to bring in the past and they have to figure out where they're going with it. So. It, that's where you start to bring in some of these um, feelings, these bad behaviors, these toxic traits that you use, these um, which direction am I going, and it's all based on where you've been. Hmm. I thought that was rather interesting. That is interesting. You can't operate anything out of understanding the context from which you're operating that, can you? Mm-mm. Yep. And all those memories are context. I'm excited about this. We talked about it the other exchanged messaging the other day about it. And I've been focusing on this, what we're going to deal with in the next two podcasts, and that is the five-step neurocycle that is being taught by Dr. Caroline Leaf. I want to recommend her book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, and also her book that I love, Switch On Your Brain, which is her melding the truths of scripture with science. She's a she is an interesting mix, isn't she? I love her. Yep. I do too. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking that she's Australian, so it's just a delight to listen to her talk. She's actually in the States, but but uh, delight. So we're going to dig right in because we're going to do this in two sessions, two sections. And that is uh, the, the first, hopefully the first two we get through today. And what we're going to do is walk you through... What she says is a seven to 10 minute exercise every day. What's your take on that? First of all, I love that. I think you do too, that that's not a 28 to 30 minutes. Just give me that every day, which nobody's going to do. Seven minutes is easy. You can do this while you're sitting in a traffic jam. Yes. I mean, this is bite size. These are, these are little tiny chunks that you can actually master and your brain will love this because it's an automatic win. Mm-hmm. So it becomes highly addictive to do these things in small chunks. That's really important because your brain mm-hmm. wants have it, doesn't it? Your yep. brain wants those wins mm-hmm. once you chunk it, you know, and the amygdala is kicked into <laughs> to, uh, to gear. Um, you, you, um, what is, your, first of all, to set the context of this is stress doesn't have to be toxic if it's not processed in your cells properly, it becomes toxic and then it does brain damage, body damage. What is the point at which, before we get into this, that is is why why this interception of that entropy has to happen through a system like this, a plan, doesn't have to be this one, but this is the one we're going to offer today. What point do, do you think it's like, whoa, this is becoming toxic. This stress that I'm dealing with has long-term implications upon my mental health. Um. So there's an interesting fact about this is that your body retains memories physically and mentally, emotionally. It's in your DNA. You hold on to those memories. Epigenetics. And, yeah, literally. And you, your body will then let you know. And she said at one point, I thought this was interesting, it's almost like your body can sniff out the toxicity coming before it gets there. 
notice the warning signs that pop up. Listen to those small signs mm. that pop up. Watch your breathing. Watch your heart rate. What is your reaction? And if you start to go into that fight, flight, freeze, please type of mode, that's your body giving you a warning signal. This is not good stress. This is not an area that I want to be stepping into. Mm-hmm. Pay attention. And then slope. Like you literally want to gather, step back, harness what you're feeling, validate what you're feeling, and then understand where have I felt this before and what was this towards. And then you take that negative stress, that negative adrenaline, that d- adrenaline rush, and instead of it becoming a negative thing, you're going to flip it around. And you're going to use that to actually start to control the situation rather than reacting to the situation. Mm-hmm. That's it, the it almost just sits in there, doesn't mm-hmm. it? If you yeah. don't do that, it just sits in there. Oh, and then we can literally feel that. Mm-hmm. You can literally feel it in the center of your body. Just, mm-hmm. ugh, it's just sitting in oh, there. Yeah. It feels It'll, like a fire that is just about sleep. to ravage the forest you of your body. Right. You become yeah. very bitter towards everybody. You see things all the time as being negative. The glass is always half empty. You start becoming very critical in your nature towards things. Mm-hmm. So you have to address what this is, identify what it is. It's not always a bad thing. So I tell people, I'm like, acknowledge what it is, learn from where you've been, those are your memories, and then harness this to figure out, okay, where do I want to go with this? How do I want to control my reaction this, this time? This is so good. Rather than you, letting it affect me. It, when, you know, stress is your body's energy response to mm-hmm. perceived or real trauma, yeah. especially based on past trauma. That's all your body is past. trying to get you to act. It's, yeah. try, it's saying, we got this. We, it's like, we can, hey, pay attention. Yeah, that's right. Robinson pay attention. <laughs> so that's a great setup to the five-step neurocycle. Here it is. So gather, reflect, write recheck and then active reach and that's going to be the next two sessions today Lori's going to unpack from her perspective the value of gather and reflect so you just touched on that a little bit Mm -hmm. an event happens that has the potential to uh, to be toxic to turn into toxic energy that just sits in my in my um in my being, in my body, because now we know memories are in the body. They're not just in the brain. They're in the whole, they're in every cell of your body. One of the things she says before you do this, so this is seven to 10 minutes a, a, a day or, or more than once a day. One of the things she says is, uh, first of all, before you start this process, breathe deeply mm-hmm. for five. She does, she says five counts out for 11 counts. What's your recommendation on that? And what, for example, especially as someone who is in trauma, what have you told them when it comes to this magic of breathing? That's that's kind of the precedent to yep. all of these steps. Well, box breathing is what you're referring to, and it is massively imperative for brain health. When you stress out, what ends up happening is that you start to shallow breathe or hold your breath. And the last part of the brain that gets oxygenated, or the last part of the body that gets oxygenated bl- blood is your brain. So you're literally depleting yourself. Mm. You're choking out the oxygen. You're, you're literally strangling yourself with this, this stress. So I always tell people, stop everything right now, and I need you to take four deep breaths with me. Go into account, out to account, hold it, blow it out like you mean it. And then you might even get a head rush. If you start to get a head rush, that's a big sign that you're not breathing the way you should be. Okay. And when okay, you're not good. breathing the way you should be, you're not going to react the way that you should. You're going to go into a, you know, like almost a reactionary type of mode of, you know, protecting yourself as opposed to breathe, think this through, and let's be calm about this. I train my caregivers all the time on the floor. You cannot go into this high stress because that stress does not allow you to think properly Mm -hmm. and respond correctly. Mm -hmm. You don't get to redo those responses. Mm -hmm. So you need to do that box breathing and clear your head. 
Okay, so say it again. What 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 is the definition of box breathing? Box breathing is you're gonna <clears throat> you're gonna pull that air into your lungs and push it all the way down because most people shallow breathe and it stops right at their chest level, but your lungs go all the way down to your diaphragm. Pull that in, fill up those lungs, literally force yourself to suck that stuff in and fill up those. So lungs. as you breathe in, your 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 abdomen should go out. out. And then I want you to hold it for a count of five, whatever you want to do. And then the blowing it out part is the part that they say is the most important to this. You've got to really force out what they call the stale air in your lungs and get that out of mm. there and bring in the fresh, fresh oxygen. Good. That then circulates the blood, forces it up to the brain. You might even see spots, get somewhat lightheaded. Keep going. That's good. You're feeding your brain what it needs. Good. Well, that's the, that's the pregame <laughs> prep. Mm -hmm. That's just the first step. That's the, right. So... <laughs> So here we go into the first two of the neurocycle are gather and reflect. And she calls both of these the embracing stage mm -hmm. where you gather awareness of how you're feeling mentally and physically. So you're feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling mo you're lo losing motivation. You feel exhausted all the time. Those are emotional, physical warning signals. What is the body trying to tell you? at that point. The body's trying to get your attention. And what I always tell people, so often we learn to live with these signals that we don't notice them. That's what happens mm. in my case. Yeah. You just take that, well, I always feel like this, or I'm always, no, 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 no. That's not how it's supposed to be. So I would actually go kind of a pre-step before that is validate that you're feeling these things. Recognize that this is not normal behaviors. This is your body's warning signal saying something's not right. If you wake up in the morning and you're kind of, eh, why? Do a little research. Mm -hmm. That's not your norm, so what's going on here? And then validate that you're feeling that. Pull that out for just a second, because I like how she says, put it into a box. Yeah. She actually says, take that emotion or that situation, pull it out of you, pull it out of your brain, pull it out of your action, put it into a box and contain that baby for just a second. Step back and validate what you're feeling. Gather up all those emotions. Gather up your reaction. Why are you reacting like this? What is this? And it's not, I mean, if you want to cry, cry, but validate the fact that you feel sad. Mm -hmm. Don't beat which yourself okay, up for that. Which yes. is okay. Which is okay. In America, we have this happy addiction. It's mm -hmm. not okay to be happy or to not, to not be happy. Uh, when that book that you've heard me reference so much, What Made Maddie Run by Kate Fagan at Penn University, they call it the pen face. Mm -hmm. you, you almost have a moral obligation to be happy. Well, that has huge implications yep. to the gathering step. Because it's acknowledging, I'm sad. I, I've mentioned this from the stage a number of times. It was a huge step in my life right. when I acknowledged, I'm sad, and that's okay. Yep. Validate. That seems so simple. It's validation. Yeah. It's right. You're embracing the reality of sadness. And, you're, and here you go. Uh, your, your, your body's trying to tell you something, and you just listen. That's it. So here's the problem with this is we Americans, so when you think about the, the process of self-destruction as, as we call it skimming, scheming, and scamming. So when we skim, we hydroplane life. We don't have time. We don't, I don't have time to gather. I don't have time to listen to my emotions. Then you start scheming on ways to escape the pain you're in. Yep. And then eventually you're living a double life. You're scamming. Well, this, this is the importance of skimming for long-term mental health, not just having a, you know, a, a character breakdown. But I think of that process when I think of this, because right here, 
we Americans get tripped up because mm -hmm. we're skimmers. We, we do, boom, just skim right on through it. Don't stop and listen to what your body and your mind are telling you. That's for wussies. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, what, what's your reaction to that? Because I can, I can hear a lot of guys. I, I, right now, I know friends of mine who will listen to me promote this, and then they'll listen to it. And they, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Well, okay, I can relate it to the moms and to the adult daughters. We have this Wonder Woman persona where we're supposed to be able to do it all, not fall apart, not lose it, brag about how great yep. it is, put up the faux pictures that, hey, life is great, put a pretty <laughs> frame on it, and behind the scenes you're back here dying, and it's yeah. like, and if anybody paid attention to your trash, there's probably 16 bottles of red wine going out every week. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, that this is, is not that okay. That is not an exaggeration at all. <laughs> that is not, that's not hyperbole. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> you walk the streets, but yeah. I mean, this is not, and this is what we're taught. This is why I keep saying with dementia, we put this thing like we're okay, pretend everything's fine and don't validate. But the more you do that, you're creating more of a toxic reaction to life. God gave you these emotions and they're there. They're real. Everyone's got them. Validate what they are and then recognize why do you use that reaction? What are you using that reaction mm -hmm. for? My tears, and people mistake this all the time, I'll tear up when I get angry. And people are like, oh, she's sad. And I'm like, no, this is a good time for you to back up. So it's like, and it's does, like. Does Eric know that? He I, does I, I, I'm not sure. Okay, I'm not sure. <laughs> he, he actually goes, one person in the world. Yeah, okay, yeah, good. Um, so let's go through these. Mm -hmm. Her questions that you ask at the gathering stage. Yep. How do you feel mentally and physically mm -hmm. right now? Yep. Help. So I'm a three on the Enneagram. We threes are not in tune with. I can be nervous and I don't. You, because you're I, so used to it. Yes. I don't feel it. Right. I don't feel it. So help me. And some of the other Enneagram types are the same way. Okay. So you're telling me that. What, I, what do I have to do to get in touch with? You are anxious right now. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Are you sitting still? Are, you, are your fingers tapping? Are you looking around the room trying to find an answer for something? You know, what is it that you're doing? Pay attention to your breathing. You know, are you shallow mm -hmm. breathing? Are you holding your breath? That's a big one, isn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Are you looking for an excuse? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm built this way. This is how I am. This, mm -mm, no, no, no. No, Charlie. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, right. And you have to kind of do this. No, these are things that you've learned. Mm -hmm. Go a little deeper and pay attention to how you're holding yourself. You know, what is it that you do? Do you automatically go and grab something to drink to get rid of this feeling? That's a big red flag. That's, that's good. Because you're trying to numb yeah, You're that. trying to numb it. You're trying to control it as opposed to validating it, recognizing it for what it is. Okay. Concentration. Are you struggling to concentrate? That's a big one. Uh, do you find you're getting more frustrated and irritable with people? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you feel fatigue, muscle tension, headaches? That's a big one. So which of these uh, uh, sleeping issues, which of these for Lori Horseman is a sign? For me, it's the uh, tension headaches because I have a tendency to internalize my stress and pretend everything's fine. Mm -hmm. And it's once I realize that, oh my gosh, my shoulders are becoming earrings today because it's just all coming up and the neck is tense. And I have to sit there, do the breathing exercises. Yeah, I'm going to take the Excedrin. But while that's happening, I'm like, what did I not react to today that my body's saying, hey, we got to stop here. Can we go back just a second? And why did you do this? Mm -hmm. And I have to answer to that. 
because your brain and your mind are trying to tell you something's not right here. I don't like the way the situation was handled. Can we focus on that? Because so often then what will happen is you wished you'd said something or your brain's trying to tell you you should have said something. You, you, should, have, you yeah. should have not have taken yeah. that. Then what happens is you fester on this in the back of your mind all day, and then when you go to sleep at night, it's waking you up at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. You should have done this. You should have done this. You failed at this. You didn't do this. You broke your promise to yourself here. And it's just this bashing that you do. Well, let me, let me stop you there mm -hmm. because that's my modus operandi. <laughs> I can go. Last night we did our first player's box session, and all my brain will fixate on are the things I didn't say that I should have said or something sometimes. Frank Crockett and I were talking about this this morning. Some, every once in a while we say things we said we shouldn't have said. <laughs> there, that happens too. And my brain will fixate on it, and I'll wake up at 3 in the morning. And so I've started using this. Okay, gather. What's the shame? behind? For me, it's always shame behind that. Mm -hmm. It's always shame-based. Well, what's the shame behind that that causes me to catastrophize it and exaggerate mm -hmm. it? It's, I'll make it personal, pervasive, and permanent, mm -hmm. it, 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 and I'll, I'll exaggerate the effect. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so I will just tell you, last night, for example, I did some gathering and reflecting. Okay, let me just gather why this is. It doesn't take a lot, does yeah. it? She says seven to ten minutes for the whole thing. What would you guess the average person will spend on the gathering part? Are you, are you talking two minutes, seconds. three minutes? Literally okay, seconds. seconds. Okay. If okay. you get in tune with figuring out what that is, it'll take you seconds, seconds to yeah. be able to identify it. And the more you do it, mm -hmm. the easier it'll be. Okay. Yep. All right. So this is the embracing. Gather is where you embrace it. And one of the things about stress is it is energy. And so mm. the, 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 the visual here is stress is like a wave coming into shore and that's energy all a wave is in the ocean it's energy being transported through the the water and you can stand there on the shore and let it just drown you mm -hmm. or you can learn to ride it and mm -hmm. so the gathering is the beginning of okay i'm going to embrace that's her word mm -hmm. i'm going to embrace this all right, step two is then, the second step we're going to cover today is then reflect, and this begins the processing stage, where you are curious and you question your emotions and your feelings. Unpack that. Okay, so I'm going to use this with my father, because everybody knows I was his caregiver. Um, I felt so much guilt. Every single day I felt so much guilt. So I'd have to accept the fact that, okay, I'm, I'm feeling this way. And then I had to unpack it. And you got to give yourself permission to acknowledge your pain, to, to be less than the superhuman being you think you are. So give yourself permission to do that. And then ask yourself some very deep questions. And this is where you're going to get real with yourself because you might not like some of these answers that are coming. But ask yourself, you know, why are you upset about this? Who's, who do you think is judging you? You know, where's mm -hmm. your grief coming from? Where's this guilt coming from? You know, when you feel like this, Lori, what is it that you're doing to avoid this pain? Is this healthy? And just start going deep with yourself. You know, how are you embracing this pain? Are you embracing it? Are you avoiding it? You know, are you running from it? Let's talk about this. And it's like a real self-talk. I mean, you're, you're literally going to change your mindset about yourself. Mm -hmm. And that gets a little bit, sometimes people don't like that because it can get messy. Yeah, and so she says, you can't change if you don't know what needs right. to be changed. Right. And now we're getting into... One of the things that's the bad news about this, and that is her, her scientific 
discovery, conclusion, and now it's pretty well accepted across the, the, her industry that it takes 21 days to change a thought, mm -hmm. but it takes 63 days yep. to change Three the cycles. behavior to what it does, mm -hmm. to where it now your body knows this. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a, it's your body believes this. You have to create a habit. So you're changing a thought, but then you have to change the habit of the way your brain does this. Yeah. So Thursday, for example, on this one, I, I taught this Thursday and that morning I'd laid, put my, put my dog to rest, mm -hmm. um, at, at the vet. And then I'd gone into a cardiologist appointment and then I'd, um, <laughs> uh, gone and taught the webinar. And then I'd gone to Frankie, our granddaughter's, uh, surgery mm -hmm. and it was so so what to unpack this because in the past i would have said to people i'm having a really bad day stop now i say i'm having an extraordinary day because i've been able to number one reflect on how toxic framing things as bad mm -hmm. really is mm -hmm. and so i have a real signal now for that but it took me a long time to where i believe that i was having I, I literally believed it I, I am not having a bad day i'm having an extraordinary day but for me that didn't happen without a lot of reframing and knowing because i i'm shame-based that my tendency would be to go i'm having a bad day and it's my fault yeah oh yeah yeah like it's my fault this. i've done this. something wrong which which implies i can fix it i can fix everything if I'm the one that's the cause, then I'm also the one that's the agent of change for the whole circumstance, which is not true. But, it is, but I am an agent of change when it comes to my, to my internal being. So t t unpack that for me. So take my day of past habit. I'm having a bad day. I'm having a rotten, no good, very bad day. I think there's a children's book. That's that title. Yeah. yeah. And to I'm having an extraordinary day. What's the difference? What's the difference and what's that doing in my body where I've honestly acknowledged that, it's, that, that it is a hard day. I'm not saying it's an extraordinary day and I'm just so happy about it. No, no. Mm -hmm. I, I was sad mm -hmm. Thursday. Mm -hmm. I was just, there's no other way to say it. I hardly heard what the cardiologist said. I, I barely heard it because I was just so sad. There, that old adage, where the mind goes, the body follows, is what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You're retraining your brain. Um, you can call it reframing, but you're retraining your brain that these experiences that are coming at back to you are not good, bad. They're, it's your experience. Yeah. Don't call everything negative because where you go with that, then the whole thing comes, here's your negative toxic reactions to that. It's horrible to put your dog down. It's horrible to do this stuff. Yes, but you've been through this. You've got the coping me mechanisms. You've got those. You can do this. And if you reframe it, you retrain it, you, have, you look at this differently. Just flip mm -hmm. it and look it on the other side of that coin. And this is what I always tell people is that, um, you know, you go through these experiences and if you're looking for the positives today, we talked about that, you're going to retrain your brain to find the positives. So you have an extraordinary day. This was not a positive, but there was a positive that came from this. What was it? Mm -hmm. Find that positive. And there was, you know, there was so much to be thankful for mm -hmm. on that day. Obviously, yep. 13 years of Rafa. Frankie is in Children's Hospital, and, mm -hmm. it's, and it's for a mouth surgery. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Think about what's mm -hmm. a source of gratitude with that. Mm -hmm. You see all these other kids in there that had no hair, right. et cetera. So we're going we're gonna to pull off on, we're going to do the off-ramp on this right now, but th before we go, 
How, how long does the reflect stage take? I assume it takes longer than the gather. That's going to take a little bit longer because that's going, you, you got to get real with yourself. Mm -hmm. You cannot, this self-talk matters. This is where it gets real. Don't talk to yourself the way you talk to, you know, somebody on the outside and try to fake it and pretend to be something mm -hmm. you're not. This is where you have to get real. You, you've, this is going to take a few minutes, probably two to three minutes sitting here doing this reflecting. To me, this is the deepest part because these other three steps. But they're the result of, of that, aren't the they? They're the result of this. Mm -hmm. So this is where, you know, this is the meat and potatoes of that reframing, retraining your brain is asking yourself, why am I doing this? You know, why this reaction? Why am I being so hard on myself? Where did this come from? Mm -hmm. And it might, you realize that this is something that stemmed back from your childhood. Yeah. That, you know, you just to, I have to please this person, so beat myself up. And, and you felt that with your dad, didn't I you? I did. Oh, yeah, I did. Um, yeah. So you overfunctioned? Mm -hmm. Yep. Why do you feel that you've been on too long? Why do you feel overwhelmed? What could you do differently right now to feel better? What if you took a break or slowed down? What would happen? What are you fearing will happen if you take a few steps back or slow down? Mm -hmm. Are you tying your productivity to your self-worth? That's a biggie. That's a big one. That's a biggie. That's what we do in this, in this country. It, we're all based on, like what you were talking about on Sunday, you know, we're success if, based on how other people see us. Yeah. Stop yeah. that. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have to define success for yourself. And if you think that you're, you had a bad day, does that mean now you're a failure? No, it doesn't mean that means you're human. Mm -hmm. Now, how are we going to handle this? And let's reflect back on this and kind of unpack why this reaction to yeah. this particular event. And the other thing, sometimes I would counsel people on is I step back. If this was your kid having this reaction, what would you tell them? That is so effective. Yeah. You are because it reframes it from now right. you're able to take the camera and go yeah look at it from a different perspective right why do you treat somebody else with more love than you treat yourself yeah yeah well this step one and two this is part one of the five-step neurocycle and join us next time as we talk about steps three four and five and until then make sure you spend time gathering